Hello, welcome to the Equippers International podcast, short version, continuing in the book of Hebrews today. You know, I don't plan these episodes ahead of time. I kind of let them develop organically, so to speak, each morning as I sit with the Lord and the scriptures. And today I want to use the the verse in Hebrews. We're in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 5. Yesterday we looked at that part of the verse where it says, You are my son, and today I have begotten you. I want to stay here on this verse. We're going to finish up the second part of the verse as well. It says, and again, I will be a father to him and he will be a son to me. And I don't so much want to interpret the actual verses, although I do want to make a couple more comments along the lines of yesterday's episode just to bring some deeper clarity. I kind of want to go a little different direction this morning in the teaching. You know, one of the most important things in our growth and maturing in the Lord is to know the ways of the Lord. I believe more than anyone in a personal and real and intimate encounter with Jesus on a daily basis. I'll call that a deep devotional relationship with him. It's absolutely the foundation of our Christian experience. I also hold in a very high value the process of knowing and understanding the ways of the Lord so that our knowledge of how and why He has done and does things supports everything that we believe. And it's the basis on which our lives are founded in our relationship with the Lord. So part of my desire in my teaching and sharing is to open both of these aspects in our relating to the Lord. So today I kind of want to focus a bit on this second aspect, on growing in a deeper knowledge and understanding of the way the Lord works as we approach the scripture and as we kind of fit things into a paradigm, if you will. I want to wrap up the idea of Jesus being begotten of the Father at the resurrection and why this is so important in us understanding, if you will, the economy of the Lord, the way God has worked. So we know for sure that Jesus died for sins. That is a foundational belief of what happened on the cross. But in addition, and perhaps more important to God's overall plan for mankind, is that Jesus was resurrected into what the scriptures call an indestructible life as the head of a new humanity. In the simplest terms, he was the second man. Paul goes into this in 1 Corinthians 15. He talks about how Adam was a earthy person. He was a natural man and he was a living soul. But it says there that Christ came as the last Adam, and he is the second man, and he is from heaven, and he is spiritual, and he is a life-giving spirit. So when Jesus was resurrected from the dead, he was resurrected in a new life, and he would become the new Adam whereby he would be the head of a new human race, a race of people born of the Spirit. He now has, as the resurrected Christ, and he is resurrected into this indestructible life, whereby he is able, by the power of his Spirit, to birth people into a new humanity. So this idea is critical to our understanding of the Christian life. Yes, having your sins forgiven is part of the process, and it is 
very important, and it is super significant in our lives to have our sins forgiven. But more importantly is that we come to an understanding and realization that we are participating in a new life. We are born again by an incorruptible seed of the life of Jesus that causes us to take on a new humanity. We are completely transformed in our inner being, and our rest of our Christian experience is to live into that experience as part of the new humanity, the new man that Paul talks about, that we would learn to put on the new man and walk in the values, the character, the nature, the disposition of that new man in Christ Jesus. So I just wanted to bring a little more clarity to that this morning. Now, the second part that I want to talk about this morning is the way we interpret Scripture. In the last part of verse 5, there's this verse that says, I will be a father to him, and he shall be a son to me. Now, this is a quote from 2 Samuel chapter 7. And in that chapter, if you go back and read it, Nathan is told to prophesy to David. And in that prophecy, he begins to prophesy concerning Solomon. If you know the story, David wanted to build the house of the Lord, and he had it within his mind to do that. And Nathan had told him, do what all is in your heart for the Lord. And then the Lord appears to Nathan that night and says, you need to go back to David and tell him not to build the house. He's not going to be the one that builds my house. There's going to be another one that comes after him, and it's going to be Solomon that builds my house. And in this context, the scripture is not about Jesus. It's about Solomon. But the writer of Hebrews, under the leadership of the Spirit, he quotes this verse and he applies it to Jesus. Now, here's where I want to just make a little observation and maybe help us as we approach the scripture and as we get deeper into the word that we understand how the Lord allows scripture to be interpreted by scripture and how he allows New Testament writers to have the authority under the leadership of the spirit to make application of the Old Testament scriptures. And when the New Testament writer makes an application of an Old Testament scripture, that application stands as the final and ultimate understanding of what God fully intended in the meaning of the Scripture. So if we can put it this way, the New Testament writers have the privilege to take things what may seem on face value as out of context, a scripture that's actually about Solomon, but then apply it to Jesus. And they have the privilege to do that as the leadership of the spirit in their life leads them to do that. And they give us what is scripture and stands as the authoritative word of God. And that interpretation of maybe Old Testament passages, that comes to light as the ultimate understanding of what those passages Messages mean. But we do not have that privilege when we use and apply the scriptures. There's such a need to have a discipline and humility as we approach the scriptures and as we handle the scriptures because we don't have the same privilege to throw scriptures around and to apply them maybe to current events or what we think might be uh, applying to something in the future or yet to come. We need to be very careful that we allow the scripture and we allow the writers of the scripture 
Scripture to have the final authority on what Scripture means. Now, is that saying that there maybe aren't still Scriptures that are futuristic, that have future meaning? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that as we study the Scripture, especially when we hear and read the New Testament writers quoting Scriptures from the Old Testament, it does us very good to go back, read those passages, allow what the Holy Spirit was speaking to the New Testament writers to really inform what we believe that Old Testament scripture means. So I just want to leave you with those thoughts today. I know it's a little bit more along the teaching line than the devotional line, but it's nonetheless profitable for us in our relationship with the Lord. So be blessed today, be strong and courageous, and love Jesus more.